There are plenty of reasons to love Koozie Group writing instruments. Free setup, superior construction, USA assembled products, and an exclusive partnership with the big brand. Need more? How about free 24-hour service on select pens too? We make it easy to choose Koozie Group writing instruments for all the right reasons. Check it out at koozygroup.com. Are you looking for expert analysis and the latest news in the promotional products industry? You must be because you're listening to the Promo Marketing Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Promo Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Norris, Editor-in-Chief of Promo Marketing, joined as always by Brendan Menepe, Senior Digital Editor. If you are new to the show, we are a podcast covering all things promotional products. We also have a fine website, magazine.promomarketing.com, a daily e-newsletter where you can get the latest news from inside and outside the industry. Uh, Print magazine, if you're interested in that kind of thing. Uh, If you're a regular listener, welcome back. How are you? Welcome back. Hope hope you're doing fantastic. Hope you're having a great day out there and that uh, this podcast may make your day a little bit better. Um, Today on the show, our guests are Caleb Gilbertson and Zach Sussman of Imprint Engine. Uh, Imprint Engine is a fast-growing distributor that bills itself as an end-to-end swag and print platform. Uh, they're super tech-forward and, in a lot of ways, on the leading edge of what we think are some really big trends in promo, mainly this boom in uh, HR-related spend that we're now seeing from promo buyers. Uh, they told us about this big shift that they're seeing uh, where companies you know, once spent so much on promo for customers, how they're now spending more and more on promo for employees. Uh, So we got into what that means for the industry, along with some talk about online stores, tech integration, uh, being a single source for customers, uh, a bunch more. So we will get into that in a few moments here. Before we do, I want to extend a big promo marketing podcast. Thank you to Koozie Group for sponsoring this episode. Uh, Fun fact, Brendan, David Klatt, CEO of Koozie Group, was the first ever promo marketing podcast guest way back in 2018 when they were still big graphic. That was, uh, that feels like... Uh, lifetimes ago. Really point. an eternity ago. We've just been doing this forever. Yeah, 2018, is that may as well be the, the 1800s for, for <laughs> our purposes, how far we've come. Um, Koozie Group has also sponsored this podcast before when they were big graphics, so we really appreciate their support. Uh, check them out at koozygroup.com for all your writing instrument needs, basically everything else, because they have a massive selection of, of really cool products. Uh, so give them a look, call them up, uh, and check out their site, koozygroup.com. Okay. Two quick things today, Brendan. One, I want to talk about Wordle. Um, I can't believe we've never actually discussed this off air. So I'm going to start just by asking if you play uh, and what your experience with the game has been. If so, every day I played every day. Okay, <laughs> uh, good. I, I I thought so. I assumed you you we yeah, would. Yeah, <laughs> I was so late. I saw everyone posting the little green blocks on Twitter, and I was like, "What is this?" and I held out for a while and I started, I played once. And then from there, it's like, well, I have to do this every single morning now. That's exactly what happened to me. I think it was like mid January. I finally was like, all right, I'll give it, I'll see what all the, the buzz is about. Yeah. And uh, first game I was hooked. And now it's, it's like, I can't start my day anymore without playing. Yeah. Um, and also I beat myself up throughout the entire day. Like if I get it on guess four instead of three, I'm like, oh, come on, man. Like, I got it on five. I got it first try once. And you I got first like, try. I got first try once. Dude, that you did the impossible. I felt like the king of the world. <laughs> I was I was on the bus and I did it and I like visibly 
reacted to all those green <laughs> squares happening. Do you Couldn't remember what? Do you remember what word it was? Yeah, it was dodge. Oh man! And I don't know so, what possessed me to play dodge, but <laughs> that's got the double D in there. I know, I know. That's, that's bold. I nailed it. Usually, I, usually I'll play a word like with multiple vowels to see which one is used in it, and then go right. from there. Yes, that's every just now and then sound I'm like, every now and then I just go for the you know go for the bullseye. <laughs> so I, I should ask, what's your go-to starting word? Like, do you do you mix it up every day, or do you steam? Steam. Oh, okay, good. That's that's get, a solid get, word. Yeah, you get I, like I go, high use letters like S T and then the E and the A. I go stare S T A R E for the same reason. Pretty similar. So you get the, the S T E A. That's that's the the money combo yep, right that's there. That's the money. And then when it when it's all when none of them are used, I'm like, well, I'm out of ideas. <laughs> I, I basically just play by the uh, the wheel of fortune rule and try to get R S T L N E in there in the first two guesses, <laughs> and that seems to work pretty well. I'm, I'm consistently around the second or third guess you know not to yeah. toot my horn but that's pretty impressive i every now and then you get that you're at the fifth line you start to sweat a little bit oh yeah i mean today's today's was rough that's what happened to me there were I, there are too many combinations of words left that i could yep. use um anyway we could talk about wordle forever i know i could um but i don't want to just talk about the game i want to talk about the merchandise because this is a pro marketing podcast um and the Big thing is the the fact that there is no merchandise for Wordle, or at least not any official merchandise that I can find on the internet. Um, if anybody's not aware, the New York Times bought Wordle for a seven-figure sum earlier this year uh, after the game became this huge viral phenomenon. NYT swooped in and was like, oh, well, we're gonna we're gonna add this to our, you know, they do a bunch of puzzles, daily stuff, the crossword and the the, the pangram and whatever else. So it kind of made sense for them. Um, all well and good, except there's no merch for the game. The New York Times has an online store. They have merchandise in the store for some of their games, uh, the crossword, the the uh, spelling bee game. Um, but if I want to buy a Wordle t-shirt, I can get it only on like Redbubble or Etsy. Like there's no official stuff. Like this is a huge missed opportunity for the Times, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, by that logic, you have to assume something has to be in the works because like- That's what I was thinking. The viral like, nature of it, and then also it's just so recognizable, the format of it. It and lends the, itself so well to merchandise. Right. The brand, like the New York Times itself, again, they're not like, they're not in the stone age where they don't have an online, like they've got an online store, they've got merch for their other games in it. So I feel like it's just got to be a matter of time. Like maybe it's, you know, it's per, it hasn't been super long since they actually bought the game. So maybe something is in the works, but like, yeah, it, it feels it's, like it's they're don't... missing a chance to capitalize on peak portal right here. Oh, 100% right now. Like, it's the kind of thing where, you know, coffee shop blackboards outside are using like Wordle formats and stuff to like write latte to come in and stuff. And everywhere, it's whole, all the whole world. Is my playing. LinkedIn feed is all all, you know, plays on the Wordle squares. Yeah. So if I'm if I were a betting man, which I'm not, I would put a lot of money on the fact that the New York Times has something in the works. I feel they like have to. They have, I feel they're smart enough to, to recognize a viral hit. Like, even if this, you know, the fad goes away in, I don't know, a couple months, they're going to, they're, I think they're going to be smart enough to capitalize on it now. It's yeah. I would be shocked if they don't have something coming, but I got, I got a billion dollar idea that I just thought of right here. Ready? Wordle merch you can personalize with your starting word of choice. Ooh. 
that's money right there. That's that's, that's a free idea for you. For all times you, I know you you're listening. <laughs> I know you're listening. This is these are the kind of things people come to this podcast for. If you're a distributor, go pitch New York Times on that right now and uh, get some, get some kind of print on demand personalization hookup for them in their store and, and make it happen. I will buy a shirt with stare across the front on the get world's a Steam shirt. <laughs> you should get dodge, dodge, dodge yeah. with all green. <laughs> the biggest accomplishment of my life. You can really hang your hat on that one, man. I would I, I honestly, know. if I did that, I probably would have just quit right then and there. Go out on I was top. So excited. Um, so interestingly, Barstool Sports, our uh, our pals over there, um, they apparently made Wordle merch as a joke uh, with the word "drunk" spelled wrong. So it was D R N U K, and it had the uh, the squares uh, reversed, you know, and the, the proper Wordle colors to show that the word the letters were in the wrong spots. Um, very on brand for Barstool, but apparently it's sold so fast that they actually expanded it into a full line with like hoodies and hats and a bunch of other stuff. So like the, the demand is out there. For demand this, is there. Um, I'm just leaving money on the table. That's it. Um, all right. Yeah. Before we talk for three more hours about Wordle, uh, the other thing I wanted to get into really quickly before we get to our interview was uh, we mentioned, actually mentioned this all in our interview with Caleb and Zach, um, but you did a story on offer letter kits that some companies are sending to job candidates. Do you want to just quickly take us through that one? Yeah. Um, it's a really, you know, it's the kind of similar to the New York times thing. It's kind of a, why hasn't anyone thought of this before moment where, you know, when you get hired for a new job, you're typically, well, you'll get a little, like a mug or a t-shirt or something like that. A little onboarding, right, onboarding kit, a little onboarding perks. Yeah. Basically what some startups are doing now because the job market is so competitive they're sending job offer kits. Like if you, even before you sign on the dotted line, if you get the offer, they'll send you a t-shirt. They'll send you all these gifts, basically be like, Hey, this is the company culture. Come work for us. And it's really smart. You know, if, if you're a candidate getting, you know, three, four offers from companies right now, the one that, you know, really takes the time to send you something personalized to show like, Hey, we really want you. We actively want you to come take this job. That could be enough to tip the scales. Yeah, it makes a ton of sense because of how competitive the job market is right now, too. And it's just like that extra little touch to sweeten the deal. Like it's, it's you know, that, that matters right now. Yep. And it doesn't have to be anything extravagant. Like we said, it could be a mug, a t-shirt, even just a little printed card saying like, hey, we, you know, hope you join the team, that kind of thing. Right. It seems like a real opportunity for promo, too. Like legitimately, this is, you know, because this, and we'll get into this in the interview, as you'll see coming up, but companies are kind of reprioritizing the way that they, you know, the, their employees, um, they realized how important it is to retain talent and to, you know, be able to recruit and attract new talent. And these are kind of the, the little edges, the little competitive edges that companies can get with something like this. Um, you know, it, it makes a difference and it matters. And I think we're going to see some more companies doing this. It's a, it's a, a I, you know, if I'm a promo distributor, this is something I'm going to, try to pitch to some of my oh, clients because I, I think it, you know, it makes so much sense and it's, it's something that they're probably used to doing and seeing already, but now just kind of taken, you know, it's a step earlier in the process, but you know, with some really good, you know, intention behind it. Um, and I mentioned this in the story, you know, from anecdotally, when I was applying to colleges, you know, you get that, you get the letter for, with your acceptance letter, you can tell it's the one, like you can tell it's an acceptance letter because it's kind of fat, that big, heavy envelope. But the school that I ended up going to was the only one who sent a big, extravagant, like 
logoed envelope. I said, you're in on the outside. So I don't even have to open it. All the other schools I got into just said a normal postage. Kind of envelope. ruins the suspense of it, but <laughs> it did kind of ruin the suspense of it, but you know, it, it was where I wanted to go. So it worked out, but like all the other schools were like, here, open it and be scared. And it was right. just like, you know, just the bland envelope, but I'm not saying this is why I went to school where I did, but it didn't hurt. It, it made a sure. difference. Yeah, and that shows you the how how powerful a direct mail piece like that or you know a kit that's sent right to your door how how that stuff can really work i mean it worked for you and i know it's it's worked for others so and let me um, tell you man with my average sat scores i was a hot commodity all those state <laughs> schools wanted me there arguing over me all the pennsylvania state schools and and that, you know they all missed out man they should, they got to rethink their strategy because right <laughs> so if you were if you were considering a new job right now what item or items would you want in an offer kit that would sway you like what what do you think would get the job done besides a skateboard deck screen printing that's, with tony hawk's answer, blood because uh, <laughs> you know i love a, i love a good stress ball or something like that like a like thinking putty I like oh yeah good, i like a good something to, something to challenge your brain like a, exactly like a game I, of I like a good, yeah i like a good like tactile object like that maybe they send it in like their branded color that would you know also i'm a sucker for a good pen that's the classic that what I, I was going to say uh drinkware would would get the job done for me now it's yep. a little higher price point but like i you give me one of those coffee mugs with like the cork base on there i'm in man oh, I'm, yeah. I'm signing on the dotted line that day and i'm Can't bringing that mug every day that's, uh, yeah and plus i drink way too much coffee so we get i get a lot of use out of that um all right cool that's uh that's all i wanted to get into we talked uh we talked a lot today. This is, I thought these were going to be some quick, nice little short uh, banter before we get to our interview, but this was good stuff. Um, and I enjoyed it anyway. Hopefully everybody listening did. If not, you know, just, it. yeah. <laughs> if you're just, if, no. if you're just rejoining us now, is the time for the interview. Yeah. Welcome back. And um, we're about to get into our interview with Caleb and Zach at Imprint Engine. Here we go. Caleb, Zach, thanks so much for joining us today. It's a great pleasure to, to have both of you on here with us. Uh, why don't we start with some introduction and background, just you know, the basics on who you are, what you do, where you come from, all that good stuff. Yeah, for sure. I'll start. Uh, I'm Caleb, uh, founder and CEO of Imprint Engine. Um, I've kind of been in the promo industry for, you know, since I guess first job out of high school was working for a company called Web Company in their arts department. So uh, that was my first uh, exposure to the industry, and from there I got into more tech and e-commerce uh, stuff for a while, and kind of full circle, uh, kind of got back in this industry with uh, our other partner Travis, and uh, started you know trying to to, to build this new uh, kind of new new age uh, distributor. So, yeah, yeah. And I, uh, I just joined the ownership team at Imprint about four years ago. Prior to that, I spent 10 years in hospitality marketing for one of the largest uh, hospitality companies in Minnesota called Cascade Hospitality. We had seven or eight different restaurant concepts and 20 plus locations and a catering company and some event centers. So ran that team for about 10 years. And prior to that was in marketing at a couple of big uh, well-known companies, Lifetime Fitness and International Dairy Queen before that. So a uh, big marketing background. And I was actually an Imprint Engine client. Uh, with a hospitality company before I came over and joined the team. I was just so impressed by what they did. And I said, I'd love to get involved and see where we can grow this thing. Very cool. So before we get too far in, we should talk a little bit about Imprint Engine's model, because I think it's pretty important to the overall conversation today. 
it's one of the bigger reasons we wanted to have you guys on because it, it feels like what Imprint Engine is doing hits on a lot of really topical things that we've been watching and seeing happen uh, with some implications for promo. So you got you know remote working, online stores, technology, uh, a lot of what's really kind of what we see as as driving the industry forward and some big opportunities for for uh, promotional products companies. So you guys describe yourselves as an end-to-end -end swag and print platform. Can you just talk a little bit about what that means and and you know what you do that sets Imprint Engine apart from other companies? Sure. So um, for us, end-to-end -end means that we're taking care of the entire project from idea to completion. Uh, we handle everything generally uh, performed by a bunch of different vendors with other companies. We've brought the entire process under one roof. So we're focusing on um, the idea coming up with what the ideas are for the actual products with our creative team and sourcing team, uh, the actual print work. So anything in the world of print, business cards, banners, flyers, brochures, event collateral, things like that. And obviously the promotional products, branded apparel and merchandise, corporate gifting. Um, one unique thing about us is that we handle all the production in-house. So we acquired our production company uh, last year and brought that in-house. So we're doing all of our own screen printing, embroidery, laser engraving, all that decoration happens in-house. Um, so completely vertically integrated in that way, uh, helps with quality control, timing, pricing, everything, uh, then e-commerce. So for most of our clients, we're creating them an e-commerce platform using the imprint engine platform. So that's, uh, where we're putting all those promotional product and print items and giving people a place to order tons of customization. That's where we're seeing a lot of the growth of our businesses, uh, integrating with things like HR platforms, procurement platforms, accounting softwares um, to trigger automated actions. So things like a new employee joins the company and we automatically send them a welcome kit, things like that. And then finally, the warehousing and fulfillment piece of the business where we're holding all this product and inventory, uh, custom reporting for our customers to track and manage the inventory. And then of course, uh, customer service. So dealing with any product inquiries, exchanges, you know, returns, product questions, things like that. So really everything that happens from, hey, we've got an idea of a product we need to get out there to a way to get it out there anywhere in the world, we handle that entire process in-house. So you guys have been growing pretty quickly over the last couple of years. You ended 2021 with 13 million in revenue and now you're projecting 18 to 20 million for 2022, right? How is mm -hmm. the imprint engine business model you just described driving this growth? Caleb, you want that one or you want me to take her? <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, you know, I, we're very fortunate to have, you know, organic growth. Um, we've got a great reputation in the industry and great clients that we've grown really strong relationships with over the years. Um, so, you know, a lot of our growth, I think, is happening um, simply because, you know, people we've worked with at company A move to company B and, you know, they start, they, they simply bring us along for the ride. Um, and I think it's also hard to find companies that are good at executing what we do. Um, there's a lot of them out there that have very similar offerings, um, but, you know, providing very, very high level uh, customer support and, you know, what we call our white glove service um, is, you know, it, it's an easy thing to say you do. It's a much harder thing to actually execute. So we see, you know, a lot of referrals from uh just our, our working relationships over the years. And, um, you know, we, we don't do any marketing. Um, everything we've done to date is organic growth. Um, just from, you know, working hard with our customers and trying to provide the highest level of service, uh, as possible. That's super impressive that you're able to, to, you know, have that kind of growth that quickly without any actual, you know, outbound marketing or anything like that. Uh, I know one of the big things you guys are watching is this trend of 
you know, HR related spend. So employee onboarding, engagement, retention, yeah, you know, it kind of goes back to what I, what I said up top. Uh, this is something that maybe wasn't all that high of a priority for a lot of companies before, but it's now like about as top of the mind as it gets with the way the pandemic has changed and, you know, it's kind of still changing the labor market. Um, we just ran a story recently about companies are now sending offer letter kits to uh, job prospects. Like they're, you know, you have the welcome kit, but now they're like, they're not even waiting around for that. So uh, it seems like it's changing really fast, but it's also a really big area of opportunity. Uh, so again, something that you guys are really keyed in on, but two part, two part question here. Uh, number one, what kinds of opportunities are you seeing here for print and promotional products? And two, you know, how is imprint engine levering technology here? Cause I think that's really key to what you guys are doing. Yeah. Um, I think Caleb and I both just jotted down offer letter kits because I don't think I've seen one of those yet. I'm like, all right, there's new things. I'll send you the article off, off air. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. No. Yeah. I, I mean, I think, you know, we've actually had some, you know, we, we work with so many HR teams and operational teams, you know, it's, it's interesting to start to see the types of kits and or touch points that, you know, they're looking to create, whether it's a recruiting kit or uh, uh, we did hire you kit you know, to try to keep their employer brand reputation, uh, uh, you know, in uh, top of mind, um, you know, it's, it's been pretty interesting to see just how they're, you know, how, how brand it's, you know, your employer brand is almost as important as your, your customer consumer brand, you know, that, um, companies, the cost of turnover is so high and ex especially with the labor market and how competitive you have to be, um, you know, you really got to try to set yourself apart and get creative, um, and really your, your employee experience is, is important just as much as your customer experience. And I think that's, that's really the big change in the path. It's like, these are our employees and, you know, we pay them to do our work and now it's like, okay, now we have to provide our employees a high level of experience so that they want to be here. Cause that obviously ripples through to how their, how their customer experience is. Yeah. I mean, to piggyback on that and your question about kind of what trends we're seeing. I mean, uh, just the the shift in work from home, you know, has HR teams scrambling to figure out how they can not only onboard people efficiently, but also keep them engaged and also how to make that work from home experience comfortable and professional from their staff. Not everybody's set up, you know, or was set up at the, at the outset of all this to have a good work from home setup. So, you know, we've got companies doing some really creative things just around making that work from home office space uh, more technologically sound, sending things like noise canceling headphones, professional microphones, ring lights, things to make it more professional experience. And then we've got clients who are even monthly dropping sort of that make your home office more comfortable type of care package. So that's things like a desktop Zen garden or a scent diffuser with some LED lights to set a better mood, uh, hydroponic, you know, plant growers to put on the desk, slippers, blankets, anything they can do to really make that home office experience more enjoyable and get that feeling like, hey, the company's really thinking about me and my environment and um, how I work well. So that those are some of the trends we're seeing. Um, for us, it's been a huge shift. I mean, two years ago, we were 90% working with marketing teams, VPs of marketing and CMOs and things like that, very little HR. And then we just saw this massive shift over to HR. Maybe half of our business is HR related now. That's just where you know the world went and where budgets went. And uh, it lends itself really well to your other question on the technology side. Everything that we're doing from a technology perspective is integral to what these guys need on the HR front. Our ability to integrate with HR platforms, 
to automate that onboarding process or automate things like an employee anniversary gift going out. You know, it takes all the stress and the hassle out of that HR team that's like, we're here to hire people um, and train them and get them in. You know, this is not our wheelhouse is getting all this data back and forth and figuring out what to send and how to do it. So on the technology front, everything that we've built and planned around has really uh, lent itself well to the HR front. And then in, in addition to just sort of, uh, you know, surprise and delight type gifts, we're seeing a ton of our clients utilize our stores as sort of a reward and recognition platform where we're handing out, you know, credit or a coupon where, hey, somebody does a great job instead of the company saying, hey, you guys, everyone's going to get a quarter zip, right? They've got a cool company store. They can save up their points. They can go buy what they want, um, which just gives it more value and more of a better experience for the, for the employees uh, and for us and for our clients. Uh, that stuff tends to stick around a lot longer and have a better shelf life. So less of an environmental impact, right? Somebody gives you a quarter zip and you're like, eh, I don't really like it. You wear it once or twice. It sits in a closet. It gets thrown away versus, wow, I got this really cool pair of headphones that I picked out myself and they're going to use those things until they die. So um, another just side tangible benefit that we're seeing and hearing from our clients is like the, the choice for their employees that our technology platform offers them. And then the side benefit is sort of the environmental impact. This is kind of similar to, uh, or it's exactly similar to what we've been seeing from some of those, you know, gifting as a service companies that that made a big you know, splash last year. There, a lot of them are getting huge uh, dollar figures, you know, venture capital funding, things like that. It's really interesting that you said half of your business now comes from this HR spend, and I, I really like that idea of employee facing versus customer facing and how before, you know, so much of branded merchandise, promotional products spend went towards, you know, customer facing. And now there's the shift towards the employees. And it's like, you know, employers are really starting to recognize that, that there's a lot of value in, you know, holding on to employees and how important it is to do that and uh, to attract new talent in this environment. Um, and the other thing is, I was just reading that the corporate gifting market, which has always had some crossover with the promotional products market, is potentially even larger than you know analysts thought it could w was or that it could be. Uh, I don't have the dollar figures in front of me, but I mean, it, it seems like it's just tremendous opportunity out there for you know companies such as yourselves to to get in here and and you know find some new avenues for revenue here. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, I think corporate gifting is you know it goes hand in hand with promotional products. You know, in this day and age, you know, it you know promotional products as we knew them 15 years ago are it's a completely different thing in someone's eyes now um than it was then you know giving away a pen or something cheap is just not what the big brands want to do anymore you know they want things that are high-end and that are going to stick around and um i think environment we've talked about environmental points a few times here but it's it, the promo industry is just notoriously like bad for the environment, you know, with like just the sh stuff that you buy and throw away. So um, I think in big companies know that, and they're going to, that's going to continue to squeeze, you know, these uh, suppliers that are just pumping out cheap stuff um, that is getting used once and thrown away. I think it'll still be around, but I think, you know, the, the, the spend is going to change or, you know, instead of sending uh you know, a bunch of stuff to a conference, you know, instead they will utilize our platform and send a small deck of cards to the conference and let people, if people want something that's branded, they can go to um, our system and, you know, get something for free and we can distribute that to them very easily. So 
um, you start to see a lot of uh, you see less w- waste when you go, when you do things like that too. So um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that continues to evolve here um, in the next uh, the next decade. Uh, so can, do, can you think of an example of a client or project that really exemplifies this kind of techie and curated approach and imprint engines capabilities? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, one of our, our bigger clients is a company called GitHub. Uh, that is a very tech forward company that, um, we've been working with for quite a while. And, um, you know, we, we help them with various, uh, you know, in, you know, integrations with their platform or, um, you know, with their, uh, HR platform or procurement platforms. Um, and you know, they, they're a large, large organization, a lot of different stakeholders, a lot of different needs. Um, so really helping them tie that all together into, uh, you know, one system to be able to, you know, streamline the, the purchasing and, you know, minimizing waste and, uh, um, you know, allowing their employees and customers to, uh, to utilize the products that they're creating um, in a in an efficient manner. And you guys offer added services like you know warehousing and inventory management, and fulfillment, and all that stuff. How does that all fit together in within this kind of tech integration, you know, economy or uh, what? What's the word? Um, damn, just I just blanked on it. E- <laughs> ecosphere. Let's let's go with that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I think that's an area where we're continuing to continuing to invest is being able to control some of those parts of the process ourselves. And that's why we've invested in our own warehousing and having our systems all talk together where, you know, I think a lot of other traditional promo companies, you know, there's, it's easy to go get a, a 3PL and have them do your distribution. It's easy to go find an e-commerce company to build you an online store or license an online store system from bright stores or, you know, there's, a, there's tons of them. We've built that all in house and had, we have it all integrated together very tightly. So, um, you know, when we're executing a project, you know, one hand's talking to the other and it makes it a lot more efficient and, and, and results in a better, you know, customer experience um, at the end of the day. Speaking of online stores, what are you guys seeing that this has been a, a pretty big growth area, right? I mean, I'm curious what you're seeing, from your clients and especially, you know, how you're using data and that kind of tech integration capability to optimize those stores for your customers. Yeah. You know, I think the, the traditional online store model has been in the promo space for a long time. And it's like, it's, I guess, in my opinion, kind of boring. And like, there's, like I said, there's so many platforms out there that if you're a promo supplier, it's really easy to provide an online store. Um, you know, getting an online store set up is easy, but actually executing a good program that can run on that online store is a whole nother story. Um, and that's where, uh, you know, we've invested in, into a lot of people and systems that help us, you know, fully execute the end result of what that online store is supposed to facilitate from, you know, designing the products, sourcing them, uh, putting them on the store and actually designing them in a nice fashion, not just some template that, everybody has um and then getting them through and distributing them and and or integrating them with different you know crms or marketing platforms so i think you know the you're gonna have your traditional online stores that your promo suppliers have but i think bigger companies are gonna start to look for organizations that can provide a 
a, a higher level of experience when it comes to an online store, not just a simple, you know, e-commerce site, you know, they it, the content that's going on that site, the aesthetics of that site, um, you know, it, it, it's a brand experience, you know, and uh, most of those platforms that are, have these kind of out of box solutions, uh, you know, they, they don't really offer uh, that, you know, they might look okay, but the nice thing about what we've done and owning the technology in house, like we can design things exactly how we want them. We could adhere to the exact brand standards of our clients. And that really is important for, you know, larger organizations. Yeah. A couple additional thoughts on that. I mean, I do a lot of our incoming sales calls and some of the biggest, you know, issues I hear from people coming in saying, Hey, we're looking for a new partner are, um, just connecting the dots, right? They might have a decent looking site, but there's no inventory reporting. There's no access to shipping tracking. There's no good customer service. I mean, all these little parts that you go like, okay, great. You know, you do the demo and you go, okay, that's a nice looking store and the price is right. And let's go in there. And then three months, six months down the road, they're like, all right, we got sold a bill of goods here. This is not a functional program for us. So there's a world of difference between, can you check a box? Yes, we make a company store, all right, great. But that's a very, very small part of the story when it comes to successfully executing. So, you know, again, back to what Caleb said, we've invested heavily on the technology side. We are not a one size fits all platform. And I think that's what a lot of people look at is like a company store. It's one thing. We have tons of different products that we've built tailored to our clients' needs. So we're, we're a solutions provider. I mean, it's not like here's this platform, plug in your logo and the products and everyone's got the same thing. If you look at our client sites, no two of them are alike. There's no templates, no two of them are even similar. Um, and we've created a lot of products just based on the needs of our clients. So uh, we created something called Imprint Express, which is a cool little kind of pop-up platform if you want to do an event or employee onboarding or sort of a one-off thing that's really fast and easy for us to make. It's cost-effective. Um, we can collect, you know, data really easily on everyone's shipping address. They want to choose the size of their shirt or a color of a jacket or something like that for event. It's just a quick and easy thing without having to build out a full e-commerce solution and website and all that. So, you know, we develop products specific to the needs of our clients. So it's for us very much a customized and tailored experience as opposed to here's a company store and very limited in functionality and interface and everything. So it's, it's, we're a, a customization shop. What are some takeaways or lessons that other businesses in our industry can learn from Imprint Engine's recent success and growth? Um, you know, I think I'd say my biggest, you know, advice for people in our industry is to, you know, try to think different, think like a newer, new age company. I feel like there's, there's a lot of dinosaurs in the industry um, and we're seeing it left and right. Um, companies are coming to us because, They've been working with a, their promo distributor for 20 years and it's just gone stale. So I would encourage, you know, young, younger people getting into the promo space to like come up with new innovative ideas, embrace technology um, and, uh, you know, really focus on your employees and, you know, building, uh, you know, a team that wants to be part of the, the industry. It's not like, you know, sometimes not the sexiest industry for people to get into. So, you know, I think it's, if you want to have a, a great company, you're going to have to build a good customer experience and practice what you preach. Um, you know, if you're selling your customers a good HR onboarding experience, you should have the same. Um, so um, that'd be my advice to, you know, other, other businesses in the industry. And, um, you know, things are going to keep moving faster, print on demand, 
Um, you know, there's so many things changing in the industry that are going to, I think we're going to be looking at a completely different world in 10 years in the promo space than we are today. Um, and if you're not moving fast, you're going to get left behind. Yeah, there's a, definitely a shift happening. And I think that's, that's really good advice. Just keep it, keep evolving. Um, it, we're coming up on time here. I don't want to keep you guys too much longer. Is there anything else you want to add that we didn't get into that we didn't have a chance to ask about? Yeah, I think the only other thing that we had kind of in our notes was uh, our overall focus over the last few years in growing our network outside the traditional promotional network. Um, for us, our core values and the core values of our clients, we've focused a lot on getting uh, vendors that are minority-owned, female-owned, and environmentally responsible. Uh, I think one of the biggest issues in the industry is there are just not a lot of vendors out there that are embedded in the industry that check those boxes. I think a lot of people are trying, especially more on the environmental side, but especially on the minority and female and business side, uh, that's, it's been a lot of work for us. So we've spent a lot of time and energy growing that network for our clients, but it's for our employees as well. And for ourselves, we just believe in diversity on our end and being environmentally responsible. And again, and sort of the, the tradition of trying to change the industry from a you know traditionally not environmentally friendly and not inclusive industry. We really feel it's a part of our responsibility with our success is to change the industry in that way. So we're finding more vendors that are outside of the industry. We're bringing them into the industry. Um, we're not holding them to ourselves. We really want all the um, distributors out there to be, you know, supporting more minority uh, female owned and environmentally friendly vendors. And we think there's just a big opportunity there in the industry. So that's been a big focus of ours as well. Awesome stuff, guys. We really appreciate you coming on and taking the time to do this with us. And uh, best of luck to you guys for the rest of the year with everything you have going on and uh, continued success to Imprint Engine. Well, thanks, guys. Yeah. We appreciate the time. Yeah. Likewise. Yeah, right. have a good one. That about does it for this episode. If you like what you heard, please leave a review. Uh, be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have any tips or comments, you can always send them our way on Twitter at promo underscore marketing. Thanks again, everybody. And thanks again to Koozie Group for sponsoring this episode. Until next time, for Brendan Menopos, I am Sean Norris, and this is the Promo Marketing Podcast. Have a large order? Koozie Group can ship 100,000 BitClick stick pens in just 10 days. Find out how at kooziegroup.com.